Funk Radio is brought to you by Overmental.com, the media culture hive mind. Hello, funky listeners, and welcome to yet another episode of Funk Radio. This is your host, Kyle. I love Funk Radio. This is your host, Peter. I love you. <laughs> I love Funk. <laughs> funk loves me. We're a funky family. We're the great big funk. With the great big fro. And, uh... And sp- some soul from me to you. And a blunt from me to you. <laughs> it might be better... For like, Won't you smoke some coke? F- from damn it, I can't rhyme. <laughs> I I I would be really interested to hear like a reggae version of the "I Love You" song. Mon. Mon. It just they just all end in mon. <laughs> yeah, I don't really associate smoking a blunt with funk though. That's true. That's definitely more reggae. Yeah, when did reggae? Probably because of Bob Marley. But why did reggae become like the sole? marijuana genre just because really like like in the 1920s like the when jazz was big everybody smoked it back then hmm. everybody at least in the jazz circles and yet now it's like synonymous with reggae which isn't even you know american by hmm. definition yeah i don't know Thilly, Jam- Thilly jamaicans speaking of which apparently jamaica passed like a way more lenient pot law because they weren't lenient as it was um and they did it like to coincide with bob marley's birthday (laughs) that's kind of awesome yeah yeah i'm pretty sure he's like their national mascot it (laughs) post-mortem that's funny we don't really talk i mean we've talked about reggae a couple times on the show but barely i feel like that's something we could expand on someday yeah for sure Reggae definitely had an influence on funk, and vice mm. versa. Well, we could just talk about that if we want. Just I, improvise. I was going to say, yeah, that would involve <laughs> a lot of just sounds of me typing. Yeah, because we're not doing that. I'm just kidding. I don't. I don't have an, an uh, encyclopedic knowledge of reggae at the, off the top of my head. You don't need it, man. Just get high, and then you'll know everything. Touche. In eighth grade, I did a book report on Bob Marley, and then I was really sad when I found out that he was assassinated. Oh. Yeah. I thought you were going to say when in 8th grade you got really high and then like <laughs> well it helped I was just I just called it you know extracurricular research <laughs> I got high and ended up stuck in my own locker <laughs> I thought it was the bathroom um, so we're not t- so we're listeners I don't know how we got on this subject so we're not talking about reggae today but we have to start with something uh, right. to warm to warm ourselves up. Um, but what are we talking about today, Mr. Kyle? Uh, actually, we're going to talk about happy-sounding songs that actually have sad lyrics. Hmm. Because you were kind of thinking about it, and there's a lot of songs that sound really upbeat, but once you analyze the lyrics, it's actually not happy at all. And we thought it'd be fun to talk about, like, why songwriters do this, if it's a creative choice, if it's just to make it more appealing, or or 
and does that detract from the sad message? Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's been a couple times recently where we've found a couple that did this, and that's probably what kind of spurred this, this conversation. Well, there was one song that I used to hear on the radio all the time. That I mean, I'll just mention it because I couldn't really find a whole lot on about it, but mm-hmm. it's like a good example of a song. So maybe we could play a clip or something, whatever. Uh, is this song that I used to hear on the radio by Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes called uh, "Where Are All My Friends," and it sounds really happy and upbeat, kind of in that sort of Harold Melvin sort of disco-y, like er, like disco meet soul sound. Mm-hmm. But the entire song is about this guy who became famous, got a lot of friends, and then. Once that fame went away, they all left him because they were basically just moochers oh. riding on his t- on his coattails, and it's really sad. Oh, but that sucks. Um, it's a very happy sounding song. Interesting. And that kind of led me to think about other songs like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, there was. I'm trying to think. There was one I, I wrote down that we mentioned a couple episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it called? Oh, for the grace of God, go I or something. Oh yeah, that disco-y song Because that was like a really upbeat disco dance song But like the lyrics were kind of depressing About how like yeah. The parents were too strict On their daughter growing and up she And then she became Yeah Yeah, 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 I remember that so was Yeah, because it was like, so, like like Puerto Rican parents or something I don't remember, in like New York Yeah, And they like were too restrictive on the daughter So she became like a Hoochie mama And <laughs> yeah there was that was a sad song. Very catchy though. Very catchy. Um so yeah, uh before we get started one last thing I'll say is that we also are kind of thinking of I don't know when we'll do this but we also have an idea for an episode of s- sad sounding songs with happy lyrics. <laughs> which do sort of exist. We haven't found as many for that one yet, but the only one I could think of off the top of my head is uh, Sunny by, uh, what's his name? Something Heb? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Bobby Heb. Yeah. Because it sounds really sad, but it's like a song about being all sunny and happy. That's true. Well, should we get started then on happy sounding songs with sad lyrics? I suppose so. Okay. Uh, what's the first one you got, Mr. Perito? Uh The first one I wrote down, uh, funny enough, is called Sad Mood. By Sam Cooke, um, and we haven't talked about we've talked about Sam Cooke a lot of different times, but it hasn't. It's mm-hmm. been a little while, I guess. Um, maybe not since I think we had that episode at some point. It was like a five minute funk where we talked about his fiftieth anniversary or something. Old oh, fiftieth yeah. anniversary of change is gonna come. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. Oh, that was a long time ago. Yeah, it was. Uh, so we haven't talked about him in a while. So if you listeners forgot. Um, Sam Cooke is basically known as like the king of soul. Um, some people consider that he more or less invented um, the soul genre as we know it today. Uh, and but but either way, even if he didn't technically invent it, I don't know if we'll say either way. But he did definitely like pave the way for that entire genre, um, you know, and paved the way for countless other popular singers who were inspired by. Um, his work, you know, and everything. So that that's really cool. So he's he's like a complete musical legend. Um, he was also part of the civil rights movement, uh, for what it's worth, including with that song, uh, "Change Is Gonna Come," which we just mentioned. Um, and the other thing we talked about with him was his controversial death, 
in that episode about people about soul singers who died in weird ways prematurely yeah his whole his whole thing is weird like that was one with like he was in the hotel in la and then he tried to fight someone naked and then they shot him but then like we still still like to this day there's like a ton of details that we don't know and there's like different stories about what happened yeah yeah everything surrounding that is really weird it's kind of sad though bizarre because yeah he wasn't even that old wasn't he wasn't he only like 24 or something he was pretty young. I don't remember exactly how young. I can look. To the Wikipedias. Okay. Well, while you look that up, I'll keep talking about this song. Um, so the song Sad Mood was uh, recorded by Sam Cooke in 1960 uh, under the RCA Victor label. Um, you could argue that this isn't the happiest sounding song in the world, but I was listening to this, and I've always kind of thought that if you put positive lyrics into this song, it would sound completely plausible. Um, it wouldn't sound weird at all. So, I mean, you could find happier sounding songs, but I feel like this one like could definitely work with positive lyrics. So, uh, there is a little bit of uh, juxtaposition there. Um, I will read a block of uh, a quote here from the song. Uh, he says, uh, "I'm in a sad mood tonight. Oh, my baby done gone away and left me. My baby done gone. Oh, I don't know why she left me, but there's one thing I know. I know that if my baby tells me she'll come back home." I'll never do it no more. So this is a song about losing a love, which can be very devastating and sad. I was going to say, I think all of these songs are about losing a love. (laughs) Are they really? Uh, Uh, Oh, maybe they are actually. Uh, Not all of them, but most of them, I think. Yes. I mean, as as far as sad songs go, I guess that's one of the more popular topics that the most number of people can relate to. But yeah, I mean, that's not a happy subject in itself but it, it's a, it's kind of an upbeat song and it, it's one that i like mm-hmm. despite it being sad did you find out what his age was when he died he was 33 oh okay so he was a bit older than i thought still pretty young yeah well why don't we listen to a little clip of sad mood by sam cook and uh, be sure to listen for i mean like i said you could argue that it's a sad song but I, I personally think this is happy Sunday. Come back home. I'll never, never do it no more. Yeah, because I'm in a sad mood tonight. Oh, I'm in a sad mood. I'm in a sad mood. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Yeah, it's kind of borderline for me because it's slow, but it's not like somber sounding i mean it's kind of it's kind of catchy yeah it is it is slow though so i think, like it's, I was, I think it's a little it's a little borderline i think the background singer going oh kind of helps too yeah Do-do, doo-doo, yeah it's kind of like a it's kind of doo-woppy on the end of the soul spectrum i guess yeah a lot of a lot of his stuff was though true so that's very. That is very so, sad. So you mentioned Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes with what was it called? All my friends are gone. Uh, where are all my friends? Where are all my friends? Yeah. Yes. But then you actually did choose another song by them. Yeah, just because I couldn't really find a whole lot on that particular song, I picked a different song by them that was actually just as applicable. Okay. Um, and that is the love I lost, which came out in 1973. Um, what's funny about the song and researching it is that originally it was actually supposed to be a slow kind of sorrowful ballad but mm. in the studio 
they decided, like, on a whim, like, hey, let's speed this up and see what happens. And that ended up sounding a lot better to them. It mm. ended up becoming a very big hit for them, actually. And it's funny because the co-writer of the song, Kenny Gamble of Gamble & Huff, recalled to Mojo Magazine uh, in March 2012, quote, it was a ballad when we wrote it. We got into the studio and said, this is dragging, it's too slow. We told Carl... Uh, Carl Chambers, who's the drummer for the band, to put that tss up, tss up sock symbol in there, and that was the beginning of that whole sort of Philly disco sound. Huh. So, in coming into the studio with a sad ballad, they ended up speeding it up and kind of helping generate that, what would end up becoming a very famous Philadelphia disco sound. Interesting. Like, kind of by accident. Yeah, exactly. Completely by accident. It's, I think it's all about that little, like, I don't know what the sock symbol is. It's a symbol with a sock on it. What is a sock symbol? Oh, whatever. Um, While you're talking, I'll look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Peter. If you look at the lyrics of the song, it kind of shows how it was really meant to not be a speedy song. Because it, it goes, quote, I can remember planning, building my whole world around you, and I can remember hoping that you and I would make it on through. But something went wrong. We loved each other. We just couldn't get along. Take a good look at me. I'm in misery. Can't you see? Hmm. So happy. Yeah. Well, it's funny, too, because that group does have a lot of, of like, slower ballad-type songs. Like, I would consider this to be one of their kind of more faster-paced, fun songs, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they have songs like Wake Up, which is a happy song. That's really slow. That might actually probably fit in the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, actually. I mean, that's a happy-sounding song, but it's just slower-paced, I guess. Yeah, it is. Yeah, true. It is slower. So, Peter, what's the sock symbol? Uh, apparently, uh, sorry. Is it one of the symbols that J.K. Simmons threw at the kid in that movie, Whiplash? <laughs> <laughs> um, it might be. I'm actually not sure. Um, apparently, it's not... Uh, like, there's a lot of people like asking what it means online, so... Oh. I'm trying to figure out what it means. Apparently we're not the only ones. I think it, they're one of like the shorter, like, because there's like different heights of them, you know? I uh-huh. unless, unless I'm completely reading into this incorrectly, it seems like people are saying those, those are like the really short ones. So like they're near your socks. That doesn't really make sense though. Okay. Because they wouldn't be that low, would they? I don't know. That's kind of the impression See, I See, I didn't know if it was the symbol, I don't know if it was the type of symbol where there's like just the top thing and you hit it and it just like, bounces around but then there's those other symbols where there's like a top and a bottom one and they kind of clang against each other when you uh, hit them yeah. I don't know if, if whatever I don't know shit about drums uh, um, I don't know if that was like the difference or yeah well like you listeners can look things. it up and tell us on Facebook because we don't really know what that we means don't, we don't know instruments <laughs> um, why don't you listeners listen for the sock symbol in this next clip okay <laughs> What was the name of that song again, Kyle? Uh, the Love I Lost. By Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. Yeah, that's a really good song. Yeah, good stuff. Speaking of good stuff, are you happy that J.K. Simmons won Best 
supporting actor. In oh Whiplash. yeah, totally. Now everyone will remember his name as J.J. Jameson. <laughs> he's totally he's totally that guy, at least until probably the last year or two, where I totally knew his face, never ever ever knew his name. Well, now we do because he was always he always played like you know side characters. Yeah, he was amazing but, in that movie though. Now, why did I just throw a chair at your head? I don't know. Yeah, it was funny because when I saw that movie, I like I kept thinking like Kyle would love this his character in this movie because he's oh just God, he super angry and like comes up with like the best profane oh things my against God, people. The, oh my god when he was yelling at the fat kid and the fat kid starts crying and he's like what, what are you looking at is there, is there a mars bar down there <laughs> i just lost it are you are you one of those single tier kids yeah. oh good stuff well, you listeners can oh, check out man. the film whiplash by somebody exactly uh so i guess i'll go on to our next song okay the song you just listened to, The Love I Lost, uh, came out in 73. This next song came out in 74 uh, by the Commodores. Yay. The song is called Assembly Line. Uh, this is from their debut album, Machine Gun. It's definitely one of like the more obscure songs from that album. Um, but it's one that came to mind recently. Because I've known this song for a long time, but I forgot about it until recently. Um, and in case you didn't know, because uh, it's been a while since we've talked about the Commodores as well. Um, but they were one of the more fun- most popular funk bands during the 70s throughout the mid to late 70s they kind of transitioned from funk into like smoother r&b um if you guys know who lionel richie was he was actually the lead singer of that band before he went on and did his own thing in the 80s and if you know him he's basically like the quintessential smooth r&b guy of the 80s so hello is it kyle you're looking for oh my gosh that cup you posted i want so bad (laughs) oh you should find you should find that and give it to me for my birthday. That would be. It amazing. was on Amazon. I don't remember. What Damn it! I'll have to find it again. Yeah, listeners, if you want to see fun, funny things, then like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash get your funk slash get your coffee cups. Yes. I don't know if that'll work. Maybe it will. Tell us on our Facebook. <laughs> um, so this song assembly line was co-written by Gloria Jones and Pam. Uh, I think that should say Sawyer, possibly. Pam Not Greer. Pam Greer. She's awesome. Um, <laughs> so I guess the two of them together and separately uh, penned a fair number of popular Motown hits. Um, I was actually kind of surprised um, at the list of songs that they wrote for Motown. Um, it's pretty cool, actually. Um, but fun fact, Gloria Jones, one of the two writers of the song, was actually the original performer of the song Tainted Love in 1964. Um, which was later made popular by the band Soft Cell in 1981. Um, I know you would you would actually link that to me sometime in the last year or so, Kyle. Um, of I did. her performing that, I, I I had never even known it was like originally a soul song or whatever in the 60s, and probably most people don't know that either. It's funny because yeah, it blows your mind because when I realized that, because to me. Tainted Love is such a quintessentially 80s song. Yeah. And to realize that it was written almost 20 years earlier kind of blows my mind. Yeah, exactly. And so the the lady who performed that originally, Gloria Jones, was actually one of the co-writers of Assembly Line. So I thought that was kind of a fun fact. So the song sounds... If you're not paying attention to lyrics at all, um, you would just assume this is a pretty positive song. Um, but the, if you kind of read into the lyrics, it's actually a little depressing. 
Um, I'll read. I'll read a block here that I wrote down. Uh, quote: From the moment you're born, you're on the line, line assembly line. Keeps on messing with your mind. They tell you you can do your very own thing. Ooh, but try people. See the hurt it brings. Soon little boys learn to be ashamed of tears they cry. If a girl wants a football, someone will scold them and ask them why. Um, this entire song is basically saying that we're all kind of a product of society's expectations rather than being true to ourselves as individuals. Because that's, that's the whole thing about the assembly lines. Like we as people are all kind of like all the same. Yeah. And we kind of are bent into what people want us to be rather than what we may want, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and when you think about that, like that's kind of a really depressing thought <laughs> that, you know, we're not as individuals we might like to think we are. Um, Pretty much. But it, it is a positive song and it's fun. So um, maybe, maybe I'll let you listeners hear a clip of this and you can judge for yourselves. I don't know why it reminds me of War, the band War, not the act of War. <laughs> <laughs> Another depressing subject. Yeah. Interesting. I can I can kind of see that. There's a happy song that's sad. War. What is it good for? By uh, that uh, guy. By Edwin Starr. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Although, I guess it's not super happy sounding. <laughs> it's kind of screamy. Yeah, but it's not. Neg- it's not like sad sounding for sure. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, that, I don't know why the, especially maybe the beginning part. Even though he said that wasn't really the happiest part of the song, it reminded me of the band War for mm. some reason, which we saw in concert. We did almost two years ago now. I'm old. Holy crap! Was it that long ago? <laughs> yes, wow. it was. Damn, I feel like there was something else I was gonna say before we move on, but I completely forgot. Oh well, it's kind of related. To, it's oh yeah, I thought of something related to this next song, but I'll let you talk about it first. Okay. Uh, the next song that I wanted to talk about is a song that I can't remember if we talked about on here or not. I don't. I don't think we have talked about this. Wow, that's impressive. Um, is the song "Mbop" by Hanson? We have a special love for Hanson because they graced our, us with their presence. That was actually the story I was going to tell. <laughs> awesome. Okay, you should probably tell the story before we get into the oh. song because it, it sets it up even better. Well, I don't, you'll, you'll have to help me because I don't really remember all the details, but um, uh, as you listeners probably know, because we've mentioned it a lot, especially recently for some reason, um, Funk Radio was originally a college uh, radio show yes. uh, a number of years ago. And um, at some point, was some other radio show actually got Hanson to come on and like interview on their show and play some songs? Yeah, I, I know they were advertising it at one of the club meetings, and they were trying to get other shows to like advertise to listen in because it was. Oh, a big deal. see, I don't remember that. I just remember being down like in the in that basement area where like the pool tables and stuff were, and then they were just mm-hmm. in there, and then people were like, "Oh, that's Hanson in there." I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> I think I just didn't make the connection because I was like, "Who the fuck is Hanson?" Yeah, me too. <laughs> so I, I didn't care. Yeah, but then people are like, "Oh my god, it's Hanson." Yeah, at the and time, I at like, the time, I was like, I don't know who Hanson is, but now I kind of do, and it's like, oh, I should have yeah. paid more attention. <laughs> they're like, they're like the white '90s Jackson Five. Exactly, that's like the best way you could describe them. 
But I just remember that somehow we developed this, like, inside joke that they were like the four yeah. horsemen of the apocalypse. I remember that. death to Chapman. I don't remember what the connection was there. I don't either. But... Probably there was none because it's us. Dude, our sense of humor made no sense in college. <laughs> but yeah, so that's our story about Hanson. Yeah. Because Hanson is very famous for writing the song Mbop, who I guarantee everyone has heard. Yeah. It's funny, though, because the song, super happy-sounding song, sounds like a Jackson 5 song, but it's actually the, about the fact that people really suck as uh, at being friends, hmm. which you wouldn't guess at all. I thought it was just about people really sucking at being musicians. hey <laughs> But, um... That was bad. There's your sock symbol. Yeah. So, the lyrics go, um, quote, You have so many relationships in this life... Only one or two will last. You go through all this pain and strife. Then you turn your back and they're gone so fast. Mm. <laughs> that does sound really sad, but the song is really catchy and happy. It's like crazy upbeat and yeah. catchy, yeah. Um, and Hanson calls to mind the brevity of life with Mbop singing, In an Mbop they're gone, in an Mbop they're not there. I just imagine like all your friends going, mm, and like, popping out of existence that's funny i can't i can't pop nope oh god it's funny because you know with this depressing song about everyone losing their friends they made millions and millions of dollars on the backs of horny little teenage girls so here's the question when they fell out of popularity did they lose all their friends probably yeah exactly <laughs> Um, but it's funny because I found that there was an interview with Zach Hansen, who was the drummer. Oh, well, yeah, aren't they all brothers or something? Yeah, they're all Hansons. That's why they're called Yeah, I Hansen. forgot about that. Sorry. That's why they're the Jackson 5 of white people. Well, whatever. <laughs> and he said that, quote, what that song talks about is, you've got to hold on to the things that really matter. Mbop represents a frame of time. Or the futility of life. Things are going to be gone, whether it's your age or and your health, or maybe the money you have, and all that's going to be left are the people you've nurtured and have really built to be your backbone and your support system. Even the way he described that was really depressing. <laughs> right? I just imagine like them actually like being all these like super emo kids who just happen to start like a poppy like boy band. Yeah. I don't know, that description sounded way too deep for this song. Right? I was thinking that. I'm like, dude, it's Mbop. Yeah. Get over yourself. Well. Should we play a clip? Yeah, we should. But not too much, because then everyone will become infected with this tune. It's like the zombie virus. Mbop, oop-a-doop, mbop, shoop-a-doop, dip, mbop, da-ba-doo, ooh, yeah. Sorry. That was pretty good, actually. <laughs> really? Well, in comparison to some of the other ones we've heard on this show. Touche. <laughs> uh, I was just trying to make my voice as high as I could, and that was about as high as I could get. That was pretty good. Um, I was good, uh, yeah, uh, this is kind of, I guess this is kind of the second song 
well, we have mentioned sort of because you only, well, the other one was kind of mentioned offhand, but the second song we've heard about like friends leaving you. Yeah. Because I, I I don't know I, I wouldn't think of that on the top of my head as like one of the more popular subjects of a song, of like just well, regular friends. Leaving. Sad songs, sad songs. Yeah, wow. Sad songs are usually about loss. Either you lose a girl or you lose a friend or you lose a right family member. Like the song Sadie by by the Spinners. Uh, oh yeah, thank you. That is a really no, sad not, song. Like that's just not overall, a happy though. song. That's not a happy song at all. <laughs> yeah. That's super sad. Sadie, don't you know about your sweet Sadie? Yeah. Ain't no one above your sweet Sadie. So that's not, you're on a good roll today, Kyle. Thank you. <laughs> um, so we have one more. Are we ready to get into the last song? I think we are. All right. Uh, this is another not very famous song it's a little bit more obscure um the song is called love is just the game uh by peter brown um so this was not not me this is a different the different peter not your host peter uh so this came out in 1984 it's kind of the it's kind of like a pop slash post disco type song i guess and this is from uh peter brown's fourth and final album called snap I doubt any of you know who he is because uh, he was pretty obscure, but I guess he was apparently um, one of the lesser known music producers and performers of the late 70s and early 80s. He's known for, I guess, a few moderate dance hits throughout his time. Um, nothing too famous, obviously, because most people don't know who he is. Apparently, and this is kind of a little bit sad, um, in the late 80s, he got a bad case of uh, tinnitus, I guess. So basically, he had to quit the music business to preserve his hearing. What's tinnitus? Um, I think it's like going deaf, basically. It's, Ooh. I I feel like that's like the the special term for going deaf. So in order to not go deaf completely, he quit music, which kind of sucks. Although I was reading, like I guess in his like early in his career, he was he never actually intended to get into music. Uh, his friend kind of encouraged him to do it because I guess Peter Brown wanted to be like more of an artist. Huh. Um, but. His friend was a music producer, I guess, and he was like, hey, you should do this. And then he kind of ended up being a performer as well, um, which is kind of cool. Um, so after only four albums, he kind of quit the music biz. But then I guess uh, after you know he had to quit, he went on to head up like a very successful design business. And as far as I know, he's still doing that today. Really? So he's yeah. like a graphic designer? I guess slash like it's like a, I think it's like a graphic design slash architecture firm or something. That's actually pretty cool. So, yeah, I guess he's doing that now, which is pretty sweet. I can dig it. So, he probably, obviously, he's probably making more money doing that than what he did yeah, back in the sure. day doing music. Um, so, anyway, uh, this is a very upbeat dance song, um, but it's about a guy who keeps being, like, rejected and strung along by this girl who doesn't necessarily treat him well or respect him, really. Um so I get, he's fed up with her games and he's he says basically he's only going to stick around if she decides to play nice if she'll agree to be with him but in the, other than that he's like well screw this if you're not going to do this and obviously like that's not the most positive thing you could sing about <laughs> being strung along um, but it, it's a very it's it's definitely like a, a dance song in the purest sense of the word so um, I'll, I'll go ahead and read a block of uh, quote here from the song um who sits at home all alone waiting for you to call? And what is the power that keeps him by the telephone? And why do you string him along singing your siren song? And why does he listen? How can he let this game go on? 
he then he says uh, the 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 refrain is I'm just a trivial pursuit. Love is just a game to you, and you never want to let romance begin. Cause I'm gonna make some moves. I'm gonna get the jump on you. I'm not gonna play unless you let me win. That He's basically rapey. not really. Oh, He's basically a... saying like I'm gonna try to seduce you, but unless you're game with that, then I'm gonna leave. Uh, I just maybe it was the last line. I'm not gonna play unless you let me win. Uh, I <laughs> I've never interpreted it as being non consensual stuff, but I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I feel like lyrics-wise, you could make this into a sad song. Or maybe more just, like, an annoyed song. <laughs> an annoyed song. I'm not sad, I'm just annoyed. Yeah. There's there's an episode for you. Annoyed songs. <laughs> They're not happy or sad. They're just kind of in the middle somewhere. Um. So, why don't we listen to a clip of Love is Just the Game by Peter Brown. Okay. Again, that's not like a really popular song, but it's one I stumbled upon a f- couple years ago, and I, I actually really like it. This is probably one of my favorite like obscure '80s dance songs out there. So, pretty fun. I do love my my obscure '80s songs. <laughs> um, so those are the only ones that we had written down uh, for t- today's episode. I don't know, Kyle, if there's any other ones that you can think. What was the other one you had written down that you ended up not doing? Um. I couldn't remember oh, what your other one was. I forgot too because I erased it. Damn. I'm looking at it. Give me a sec. Just don't want to be lonely by the main ingredient. That was the other one. Oh. Yeah. That's a yeah. pretty good song too. It's good, but in listening to it, it's it's kind of similar to the Sam Cooke song. It's it kind of happy. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> there was an especially sticky one. <laughs> it's it's like Nickelodeon. I got slimed. <laughs> Kyle sneezes and just on the wall like splatters the Nickelodeon logo. <laughs> um, but yeah, you think that one isn't happy enough though? It's, maybe it's it's happy, but like uh, similar to the same Coke one. One, it's kind of upbeat, but it's also kind of not. So yeah, it's kind of that that fence that made me omit it. Okay. But yeah, we can. I don't know if we want to take a listener. Just want to recommend it. We'll recommend it. Okay. Um, that that can be that can be your homework, listeners. Go listen to "Just Don't Want to Be Lonely" by the Main Ingredient. It's that's actually a really good song. Indeed. Uh, any other ones you can think of on the top of your head before we wrap this up? Maybe not. not. Really. Oh, actually, before we end, really quick, why don't we address some of uh, like the questions we were thinking about? Um, okay. In terms of like, why do you think artists will make this decision? Um, um, to make their sound song more happy rather than sad to match the lyrics. I mean, I think I think it was kind of summed up in the in the the uh, the Love I Lost song by the Harold Lover and the Blue Notes is they do it not necessarily to like change the meaning of the song, but to just change the tone to make it more appealing. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I guess for that one, they were kind of just experimenting. They were like, eh, let's see what happens if we make it faster. It wasn't like they had planned it from the beginning. Yeah. To, like, have this this contrast, you know? Yeah, exactly. 
But whether that detracted from their message, I don't know. I mean, I knew it was. I, I don't a, think it does. I knew it was a sad song just by reading the title. Right. So. Uh, but yeah, so I guess that kind of wraps up our our topic for today. Um, like I mentioned, I guess a couple of times throughout this episode, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash get your funk. Uh, we post the episodes as soon as they're up, uh, as well as uh, like other fun things. Like Kyle was saying, the, the Lionel Richie mug that said, um, hello, is it tea you're looking for? Hmm. Which is a pun. Also, I like the picture you sent me a while back, Kyle, that was him as where's Waldo. Oh, he said, yeah. hello, is it me you're looking for? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> That's uh, pretty funny. Good stuff. So, yeah, funny. We, we try to post funny pictures throughout the week and other cool songs that we don't necessarily mention on the show. Um, so that's fun. And that's it. Yay. Um, remember to support the artists that we played in this episode. Always. Always. Um, we play, obviously, we, we can play short clips, but we can't play the entire songs, unfortunately. Like we used to on the on the old funk radio. I still don't know how they got away with that. Honestly, I don't think they had any legal system set up. They were kind of just like, well, if someone decides to sue us, then we'll deal with it. But because yeah. like every show, like everyone was just playing music all the time. Yeah, exactly. And may- so or know. maybe or maybe because it was music, presumably purchased by said DJs and then played within the spectrum of oh we're a college show we're playing for college kids you know it's a small population yeah even though even though it really wasn't because it was online yeah yeah because i know i know like that was one of the things we used that like that was always the joke with with chapman radio is that you know it's not a real radio station because it's online because they were they were on like the waiting list to be an actual radio station but that's like years long because all of like the frequencies are used up yeah so they just said Um, screw it but I was thinking, like, maybe that's why they could get away with that, is because maybe, like, I feel like it was, is it the F, not the FCC, who, who? The FCC. Is it the FCC who, who manages, like, the radio yes. rules and stuff? Yeah. I mean, I feel like that they would be a lot more strict about it if it were over the airwaves versus the web. Probably. It's probably because because of the internet is so much more of like a gray area. They were probably like, eh, we'll just let people do whatever they want. Because obviously they didn't have rights to all the songs that people were playing. Because like we played some really obscure stuff, and I feel like a lot of a lot of other shows did too. So, touche. But then you had the you know the, the as much as I love Chapman Radio, I didn't like that like sixty percent of the stations were just like popular music that I like. So it was nothing but like Little yeah. Wayne and you know dubstep and stuff there were a lot of like a lot of those music shows were just like clones today, of each today's other. today's popular music yeah yeah and that's I'm, fine but yeah it's like it is what it is it's it's the exact same as real radio stations i know exactly <laughs> so it's just a microcosm of that it's just i don't know as the hipster in me was just crying well there there were also the that small group of like hipster like uh indie music type shows as well yeah there there were some crazy hipsters they you know they would bring on like you know scandinavian flute you know jazz band (laughs) and like shit like that and they would find like the most obscure (laughs) people ever it's it was just it was basically like portlandia (laughs) 
I mean, like we were, we definitely like were far from the best show on Chapman Radio. Like we were for one week. It was our birthday week, actually. I think. Oh, uh, when we cheated and we got Alex to help. Alex, who was on our last episode, actually, he helped us by turning on our show on like a whole computer lab full of computers so that our listener number went up. <laughs> that was funny. I think you have to give us credit for being unique, as, as, at least with like our our subject matter on the show, because they they had like well over a hundred shows, didn't they, per semester? Oh yeah. And like there were we were the only one who like covered this sort of stuff, as far as I know. So we were we had some originality. Touche. We are original. Well, with that, listeners, we'll stop talking. We'll let you go live your regular life. Until next time when you hide in the corner and listen to funk radio again <laughs> this has been your your host and lover kyle this has just been your lover peter not your host oh baby why are we lovers all of a sudden with the listeners because we're not fighters good call okay bye listeners bye For more original podcasts, videos, and pop culture news, visit Overmantle.com. Thanks for listening.